Hey everybody, how's it going? This is Azrin the Language Nerd here. I'm the owner of the Calgary Language Nerds and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today I would like to talk about vocabulary and I would like to discuss why, in my view, vocabulary matters. And more specifically, why increasing your vocabulary matters. When we look at this topic of vocabulary, there are some obvious reasons that vocabulary is important. First of all, if you don't have sufficient vocabulary in a language, you can't communicate. For example, if you only know 500 words in Spanish, because that's a language you're learning, well, you're going to be very limited in terms of how many things you can say. This is common sense. And so one of the big reasons why it matters is it helps your ability to, it helps you to communicate more clearly in the language that you are trying to learn. And of course, in your mother tongue as well. If you have more words, you can communicate a little bit more clearly. The other obvious reason as to why vocabulary matters is that when you have a high vocabulary, you have, an, you have a higher likelihood of understanding what people say to you. So again, going back to the example of Spanish, if you only know 500 words, you're not going to understand a lot of what people say to you. So not only can you not express yourself very well, you also don't know what people are saying to you. Now, when we are talking about this topic of vocabulary, it's important to realize that there are two different types of vocabulary. We have what is called active, vocabu active vocabulary and passive vocabulary. Again, this is something that is reasonably well known whenever I talk to people about these two concepts at least 50% of the time, I find people have heard of this, so maybe half of you have heard these terms before. For the, half of you, for the half of you that haven't heard the terms passive and active vocabulary, passive vocabulary basically refers to the words that you know and you understand, but you don't use yourself. And active vocabulary refers to words that you know and that you actually use in your regular speech. In every language that you know, whether it's your mother tongue or a foreign language, your active vocabulary is always significantly less than your passive vocabulary. In other words, you understand way more words than you actually use. And this is one reason why someone like me, who speaks a language called Gujarati, when I speak to people on a day-to-day -day basis in Gujarati, we have essentially no issue communicating. But the moment I try to read a book, or the moment I turn on a show, or the news, or try to read the news, all of a sudden, I don't understand a, a whole bunch of what is being said. And this is, again, because of this active and, and passive vocabulary. Because our active vocabularies are significantly smaller then our passive vocabularies, when we're communicating with people, we're all using a, a reasonably small number of words. We're not using that many words per se. But the moment you crack open a book, oh my goodness, you're going to encounter all these words that rarely come up in day-to-day -day speech, but are perhaps very common in books and are perhaps words that native speakers just know even though they don't use them in their day-to-day -day lives. Same with when you're watching TV or if you're watching a movie. A lot of the terms they use, they may be terms that everyone just knows, but in regular day-to-day -day speech, essentially not in movies or TV shows, they just don't get used. 
when I watched, uh, I watched, uh, what's that movie called? Uh, Marvel's Endgame. I watched that when I was in France and it was dubbed in French. And let me tell you, when you're watching that movie, there are a whole bunch of words that your typical French learner, even if they're very advanced, they're just not going to know. Now, I know a lot of those words, so I didn't have any difficulty understanding. But that happens. I mean, I've spoken French for 25 years, though, so it's a little bit of an exception. But those are words that maybe people know. They know quantum verse and blah, 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 blah. No, not the quantum verse. Sorry. The metaverse. No, metaverse? No. What's that called? The uh, multiverse. There we go. The multiverse and all these things. <laughs> these are not things we say every single day. But we all, as native speakers, at least have those words in our passive vocabulary. So that's another reason why vocabulary matters, both on the active and passive. In fact, arguably, the passive vocabulary is more important than your active vocabulary. Arguably. But to wrap this podcast episode up, I would like to share a reason that vocabulary matters that I believe is rarely talked about. And I believe it's rarely talked about because people don't even know this reason that I'm going to share. It's not something we think a lot about. And I'll be honest with you, I've only known about this for about four months. I've talked about it once on the podcast, I think. And it has to do with hypocognition. Hypocognition. This is not a word that most people know. It definitely wasn't a word that I knew before. Now, if you don't know what hypocognition means, that's a perfect example of hypocognition. So hypocognition basically means a lack of linguistic or cognitive representation for an object, category, or idea. I'll read that dictionary definition out again. Hypocognition means the lack of a linguistic or cognitive representation of an object, category, or idea. So this means that you have, you have an idea for something in your mind. Maybe it's a specific object. Maybe it's some kind of notion or concept. Maybe it's a category, but you don't have the word to classify the thing that you are picturing. So a great example is I was at a, uh, I was at a uh, bar the other day at some event, and there was some live music. Now the there was an in, there's an individual. I'm hypocognizant of this right now. It's a bit meta. There's an individual who was sitting on a thing. And this thing is a musical instrument that I have no idea what it's called. It's basically a thing you sit on that's sort of like a drum that you whack, but you kind of also use your foot, I think. And it looks something like a stool, but it's not. So I don't even know what to call that thing. I do not have, the, I do not have a word for that thing. And not having the word for a thing is not exactly the same as being hypocognizant of something because I could still give that thing a, a, a word and that word will make sense to everyone. I could call it the sit down box drum. And a lot of you probably go, oh, the sit down box drum. Yeah, I know what that is. So all of a sudden we're not hypocognizant even though we, I gave it the wrong name. In fact, I do remember the name now. I think the name is a cajon if I remember correctly. Maybe cajon? Cajona, Cahuna, Tahoon, Cajon, Cajon, something like that. Doesn't matter. But if I didn't have any of the words to describe that box, the Cajon, let's call it, if I didn't have the words for it, I would be hypocognizant. And that, I think, is, is, is a reason why, why vocabulary matters 
that people may not initially think about. And this is in your first language, just as much in your first language, your strongest language, as it is in your target languages. In fact, I'm going to make an argument to say that hypocognition is a far more relevant concept for your first language than it is for your target languages. Now, the question becomes, why? Why should you care about hypocognition? Why should you care that there are concepts that you can picture in your mind, but you have no words whatsoever to be able to describe? Well, the reason has, is something like this. If you don't have the words to describe something that is in your brain, in a certain sense, that thing in your brain doesn't exist. The concept that you have in your brain that you cannot articulate doesn't exist. And you cannot make that thing manifest into the world. And I don't mean manifest in a magical sense or anything like that. I just mean you won't be able to create that for yourself. You won't be able to take the necessary actions to, to well achieve the thing that's in your mind or get the thing that's in your mind or again manifest the thing that's in your mind so some simple examples right if you don't know i'll give you some very very extreme examples if you don't know the word for let's say uh i think i gave this example once before if you don't know the word for heartbreak and you don't know that heartbreak is a thing obviously everyone knows what heartbreak is you all understand but let's say you didn't and let's say someone broke up with you and you were experiencing heartbreak, but you didn't know that term. You didn't even realize there was an exact term that specified the feeling you get, the, the feeling of sadness you get when, I don't even know what the dictionary definition is, when someone breaks up with you or you lose someone that is very near and dear to you. That's heartbreak, something like that. Let's say you didn't know, you're hypocognizant of that term. Well, what you're going to do is you're going to say, I'm sad, or I'm upset, or I'm depressed. And you're going to use these terms that are not the right words. It's not the right term. You may even realize, oh, it's sad, but it's not the same sadness as the other sadness I felt. And that's the best you can maybe say. And now the issue becomes, because you haven't identified using words exactly what you're feeling, you don't know how to you actually don't know what steps to take in order for you to actually, uh, well, fix the problem or deal with the problem or work through the emotions. Or another example could be if there's a sickness you just didn't know existed. You don't know there's a certain sickness that exists and you're manifesting the symptoms for that sickness. And you might think, oh, this is a cold, this is a flu, this is a fever but the symptoms actually match up to something that's far more serious that you didn't even know existed. You didn't even know that was a thing. Well, then the hypocognition, if you didn't go see a doctor who then diagnosed you, for instance, could cause you a serious problem. You could maybe die. So hypocognition is very important. I'll give you an example recently. I can give you a lot of examples, but here's another one. I experienced this for the past 48 or 72 hours, and it has been driving me nuts. I've been I've spent probably something like 15 to 20 hours on this problem 
over the past 72 hours, something like that. So that's a long time. Think about that. I punted a lot and I've been struggling with something that has been causing me issues due to hypocognition. I have been trying to plan out my career and I've been trying to make a good strategy for myself career-wise. Obviously, I run the Calgary Language Nerds now, but I was trying to think through, well, what do I want to do with the Calgary Language Nerds? Do I want to run this forever? Do I want to work in a corporation? Because I think about that. And I was writing about it. I was meditating. I was thinking. I was researching online. And the problem I was encountering was that I understood in my brain exactly what kind of job I want to do. I could picture it in my mind. I could actually write out a whole page to describe what that job is. It's in my notebook upstairs right now. I have the description. And I thought, well, what the hell is that? What word would I use? It's not an entrepreneur. It's not a businessman. It's not a company executive. It's not a CEO. It's not a COO. The closest I got when I was looking at job titles is general manager, but it's not quite that either. And so that's a real problem because if you don't have, in my case, I was the, the struggle I was having is if I don't have an exact target to aim at, how the hell am I going to hit that target? You can't. In fact, it's very difficult to, very hard. Now, artists are interesting. In fact, let's not even go down that route because that's such a tangent and it's a really interesting one. But for time's sake, let's not go down that tangent. It doesn't have anything to do with hypocognition. So we'll leave that aside. Um, so that's a, it was a real problem. I was stressed. I was anxious. I was like, I don't know what action steps I'm supposed to take. And I've had this feeling in my body probably for a number of years. But again, I was hypocognizant even of the word that I was having, this feeling I was having in my body. And it took me a long time before I finally realized, oh, I know what I am, or I know what I want to be. I want to be a great business operator. That's the word. It took me forever. It took me, as I said, 15, 20 hours to figure out the word for that. And there is one, a business operator. Because I'm not an entrepreneur. My, my behavior does not match up whatsoever with the definition of an entrepreneur. I'll read you the, I'll read you the definition. One second here. Define on I have a laptop right here. Oh, but my God damn it, my internet's off right now. That's okay. An entrepreneur is was something to the effect of someone who runs or manages multiple businesses and takes on uh, extra uh, extra financial risk to do so, or something like that. And I don't take the financial risk. I'm not a very risky person, so that wasn't quite right. A businessman wasn't quite right. An executive wasn't quite right because I'm well. I don't work at a company. Um, I thought, is there a freelancer wasn't quite right. I thought to myself, is there a word for someone who, anyway, I really couldn't find the word, but it's a business operator because a business operator is someone who operates a business, whether it's, and really is the one who drives the results in a business, manages day-to-day -day operations, works with employees, works with contractors, tries to hit sales targets, tries to increase profit, moves, is the driving force of the business. And a business operator, this was the unlock for me, is a business operator could be self-employed and they operate their own business, but a business operator could also be someone who works at a different business and you operate a different business even though you are an employee of the business. And that is the perfect definition for what I 
would like to become. I would be like to become a highly skilled business operator. And in a sense, I don't actually really care if it's my business or someone else's, not particularly. I can get a bit more complex than that, but that's enough to essentially say on the podcast. I'm pretty indifferent, reasonably indifferent. There's pros and cons to both, and I balance them out, but it brought me a lot of relief. Now I'm not hypocognizant of that word, and now it gives me a, a concrete, specific, defined target to aim at. And it was difficult. I didn't have it before. Now I do. And that's a mental relief, and I think it's going to help me a lot with my career. I can give so many examples of... Uh, of this hypocognition. But maybe a way to wrap this up is with an interesting story. So right now I'm reading, I might have told you guys yesterday in the podcast, I can't remember. I'm currently reading a book written by Kevin Hart. I believe it's his only book written for adults because he has some children's books, but I think this is the only adult book he's written. And it's essentially an autobiography. It is called You Can't Make This Up or something to that effect. And... Um, he walks you through his life. And uh, one of the things I noticed about Kevin Hart, who's hyper successful, if you don't really know Kevin's profile, there's a few things you should know. He's not, everyone seems to know Kevin Hart for something different. Some people think, oh, he's that actor in such and such movie. Some people say, oh, he's the, uh, he's that guy who does the stand-up uh, stand comedy. Oh, he does this. But actually, he does a lot more than that. So Kevin runs a production company. Kevin is an A-list actor. Kevin is a very successful stand-up comedian. I believe he runs, I believe he runs a uh, vitamin company. He writes children's books. He is a best-selling author for his autobiography. So he's an author. He is a business owner. He's very entrepreneurial. He's a comedian. He's an actor. He, God, I don't even, I don't even know if there's more. I'm, I'm willing to bet there's more than that, but he is very successful, hyper successful in a number of different domains and a number of different sectors. So that's an important thing to realize before I tell you the story. So when I'm reading Kevin's, Kevin Hart's autobiography, something that I've, I've noticed in the autobiography is a pattern in his professional life. He has a pattern in that professional life. He worked in a shoe store, and uh, one day there was some Nike executive that walked into the shoe store who, who used to work. I think they worked something on merchandising, from what I can tell in the book. But Kevin was quite in awe of this person. Kevin looked at him and thought, wow, look at that guy. So successful. Walks around the store with confidence. Nice suit. Boom, 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 boom. Really good at sales. Way better than me. And he's like, I want to be that guy. So he had a very concrete idea of who Kevin wanted to be. And he thought, well, how do I become that guy? How do I become like him? What do I do? And because there's a guy there, a very concrete guy, concrete job title, you know who he, you know who he works for, you can map out what the process would be to actually get there. And so Kevin learned, oh, this is what I have to do. And so he was aiming for that. Uh, and he has various examples of this when he was first getting to stand with comedy. In Philadelphia, he would have certain comedians and he'd be like, oh, I, I want to be like that guy. That guy's really good. He's way better than me. How do I do that? And then he went to New York and he saw way better comedians. And he thought, I want to, you know, I, I want to do that. How do I, how, how do I do that? How do I get there? What's, 
what's that like? But there's always a very concrete idea. Always like, I want to do that. He sees it and he goes, that's what I want to do. That's who I want to be. So it's exact. It's precise. There's a job, and this is professional, of course, but it, it applies to other fields of life. But professionally, there's a job title associated to the person he's looking at. There's a person who embodies the person he wants to be. And then you can start to map out the roadmap. And so that's that's really cool. And so that's, you know, one of the things that got me down this road, this rabbit hole of, oh, right, this hypocognition thing. Yeah, it's really important. If you're hypocognizant of something, in other words, you, I'll just read the definition to you again. You lack the linguistic or cognitive representation for an object, category, or idea. If you do that, it's got, it can really cause you some problems. That's why reading matters. Reading is one of, is, I think it's the best thing you can do for your vocabulary. They did a study with 14-year-olds. I forget exactly how many, but it was something like 14-year-olds who would actually, who would consider themselves readers. They knew 25%, I think it was 25%, roughly speaking, 25% more words than 14-year-olds who did not read. That's a huge difference. Huge difference. Affects your, actually affects your mental health if, you're, if your vocabulary is low because you don't have the words to actually describe the things that are going on in your body. You don't know how to. You just don't. Same with being able to write. Oh, God. I can, I can do a whole one-hour podcast on that. But for time's sake, let's wrap it up here. I appreciate your attention. I hope you found this podcast interesting. If you have any questions on it, have any comments, feel free to, re to reach out. You can go to azarinthelanguagenerd.com slash contact to send me an email. That's A-Z or Z-R-E-N, thelanguagenerd.com slash contact. Or you can hit me up on uh, any major social media network, Instagram, Facebook, you name it, I use it. My username is at polyglotazarin, P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-A-Z or Z-R-E-N. Have a wonderful rest of your, your day, and I will speak with you next time. Bye for now.